This is Teach Plain Love. The Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages zero to six. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood expert, Education Vice President Rachel Robertson. And make the most out of every chance to teach, play, and love. Does it seem like children were born with a screen in their hands? It makes technology feel like one of those double-edged swords. Too much and they become dependent. Too little and maybe they won't be tech-savvy enough. Is there a healthy place for tech during the early years? Here's what Rachel and her guest Debbie Hoppy had to say. I think about children that I see and my own children and just a few years ago, the things they were learning and using technology for were so different. We've all started to define technology as only electronic technology. It's a good thing to talk about and to help parents really understand what really matters and how technology could be an advantage and a resource. As adults, you know, we struggle with how much technology we use in our lives. And so certainly for children, that opens a lot of questions about how we manage this very difficult topic. Yeah, that's a great point. As adults, we're all modeling use of electronic technology for young children. So we have a real opportunity to evolve how we teach children and how we think about it in their lives the same way that we think about it and use it in our lives as a meaningful resource that helps us live our lives, that increases our happiness or our success or productivity. And we need to think about how we can do that for children. As a parent, you know, I think one of the things that's so easy to do is to rely on technology as a timekeeper or as something just to occupy children in sort of downtime. And I think we just need to be cautious. A lot of it is in those moments when children have to wait. So at restaurants, in an airplane, and in that case, I know parents are just hoping their child will not start screaming on the airplane. When they're waiting in line for something, that's when the phone comes out, that's when an iPad comes out. And I think two things parents really need to think about is what what are you replacing with that technology? So in those cases, you are replacing a child's natural opportunity to learn about their emotions and how to regulate their emotions. You're giving them a device to do that, so they miss out on a really great opportunity, not to mention the conversation, the vocabulary building, the other kind of games you could play that they develop more valuable skills with that time. And if they're thinking about that, then the issue of how much technology a child should use almost naturally resolves itself because you're not using it in unnecessary moments and you're not using it when there's not value. For young children especially, how can you connect the digital technology to the real life, what's happening with that child? So for example, a trip to the grocery store As we're putting items in our cart, let's look at the calculator and let's add up what we're buying and see how that compares to what we're charged. So really those meaningful ways of this is my real life and this is the digital world and how can I connect the two. I like that you brought up the calculator example. That's such a, we've all forgotten a, a calculator at this point that is an early electronic technology that changed many people's lives. So think about a parent, and, I, and I'm and i guessing someone listening might be saying, well, that's easy for you to say, but you don't have a three-year-old crying in the store or in the airplane. 
you know, sometimes technology can be used for those things. And as a parent, if you're choosing to do that, the most important thing to do is know that that's the choice you're making. You're choosing to use technology, in that case, basically as a babysitter. But when you don't have to do that, or when you have the opportunity to not make that choice, to avoid making that choice, so not just to turn it into a habit that you're not even thinking about, and also think about the opportunities that you can use a little bit of technology like we've been talking about and integrate it into real world. I just had an experience where I took my kids on a road trip. We rented a minivan and there were TVs or screens in the back. And I said, absolutely not. No one's turning those on while we're driving through Upper Peninsula of Michigan. But that technology had the license plate, the old fashioned license plate game on it, and it had pictures of the license plates. So it enhanced my children's ability to spot license plates. And then I thought, this is a great use of technology. It enhanced their ability to do something that was also a real world experience. So I really advise parents to look for those opportunities, whether you're using tablets or phones or even desktops or laptops, that those opportunities exist. You just have to look a little harder for them and be a savvy consumer. Right. While you were saying that, I had two thoughts. One, the weather app, it's a great tool for the children to be able to look up the weather and think about what they might wear. It helps children self-regulate. It helps them to be planful. You know, if they look ahead to say, oh, today's going to be really cold, but by the end of the week, it's going to be warmer. So I think I'm going to need these couple things for the upcoming week. And also to the point about a long trip or a long car ride or an airplane ride, sometimes it's helpful to really have that conversation with your child in advance. This is going to be a long trip. I know you want to watch this movie or you're interested in watching this show on the iPad. So let's plan how much of your time would be used for that. And we'll pick together the shows that are appropriate. And then in the other time, what can you bring with you to occupy yourself? So they have some ownership, but it's purposeful, it's planned, and it helps avoid that battle about limits. That's such a great idea. It's such a good way for children to be developing all sorts of good executive function, behavior management, self-control skills, and it avoids the thing that many parents also have to deal with related to technology is that strong negative reaction children have when you take it away. So you're already talking about it at the front end and they're planning their time so it doesn't become a battle. I have teenage girls, when they have electronic technology, it's tough to capture their attention. But I'll admit, that's true of me sometimes as well. So I think parents have to think about how they're modeling that and how they walk away from technology. Those ideas about putting your phones away at dinner time are really important, not just for the good conversation and the good interaction that will happen at dinner time, but also for the modeling of regulating your own use of electronic technology. And oftentimes when the adult follows along with those guidelines, the children comply as well. So I do want to mention, as we're talking about technology, there are some real limits that that we should not be flexible with. So children under two should really not be exposed to screens. And this is important if for many reasons. Their brains are rapidly developing and we are in really a time of great experimentation about what electronic technology exposure does to brains but we are learning more and more about it. It is changing how those synapses connect and it is changing attention spans. It can affect visual development. So you do wanna be really cautious about that and not think, oh, that's just the experts saying, you know, being idealistic. 
Yes, and especially for the youngest of children, real life, hands-on experiences are so valuable. And every time we allow them to engage with a digital device, we take away that learning opportunity. It's enhancing our lives in many ways, but it's also taking away. And if we can be critical thinkers about that, we can help our children be critical thinkers. Lots of families, and as they should be, are focused on STEM. When we think of technology, almost always I see people go right to a computer or something with a screen. But technology existed long before computers existed. Technology is a tool. A toaster is technology. A shoehorn is technology. Don't value screen technology over other types of technology. Fifteen years ago, who would have thought that we would be so reliant on screens? So we really want children to be able to be innovative and use materials to come up with new solutions so that they can provide the innovation of the future for us. Right, exactly. We all want our children to have the skills and the mindset to be the developers of the future, including developers of future technology. So being critical thinkers and savvy consumers about what kind of technology your children are exposed to now will help build the foundation so they are able to be those people in the future. It's really important for parents to be actively involved and ask reflective questions. Things like, could you have found that answer a different way? Or how might that help you solve something else? Or do you believe what you're reading? Or how easy was that to understand? And there needs to be a relationship between the parent, the child, and the device. It's just not meant for young children to explore on their own. They really need our guidance, our hand-holding, and our support. And we don't have to look far back in history to know where we've gotten those lessons. Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers really were pioneers in that interactive technology space where they very intentionally developed those television shows for children to be an interactive experience with the characters on the television show, but also ideally with a parent engaged or an adult engaged as well. There's plenty of research that shows that the value of engagement and learning from something like that is so much higher when there's an interactive component and even higher when a parent is involved doing just what you said, asking questions, engaging in the content, getting children to reflect and think about what they're consuming. Yes. And if you are looking for resources, Bright Horizons has on our website great ideas to how parents can have that conversation and be a part of you and your child's exposure to technology. We offer a lot of suggestions for that co-exploration. So we talked about under two-year-olds and really trying to restrict or eliminate all interaction with screens for that age group. But then over two to through preschool, through kindergarten age, parents certainly can use electronic technology or their children can be engaged with electronic technology. But you do want to think about frequency and you want to think about that in terms of the quality. So it's not just one hour a day, it's one quality hour a day would be what the recommendation is. If you do due diligence on trying to eliminate all the wasteful technology usage, the, the technology usage that is just out of habit or you haven't thought of something else, if you throw a deck of cards in your purse instead of getting out the tablet or you are ready with some other kinds of activities, then you will meet those screen time limits pretty easily because you'll have this 
value-oriented approach. And then as children get older, they can have more exposure because they'll be using it for practical reasons in school or in social situations, or as we were mentioning before, checking the weather, they'll start doing those things on their own. When you're choosing more meaningful activities and more meaningful usage, you also eliminate the conflict over screen time because that happens when they're passive consumers. And those games are developed to increase passive consumption and addiction and to have children and adults keep wanting to play over and over. There's very intentional game design behind those. So there's a reason they cause conflict. I think that's a really great point. And I think as children you know, grow from three to four and four to five, it's important to have those conversations with your child. Why are you drawn back to that game? Why do you think you keep wanting to play it? What about that game is drawing you in? And that helps them think about that sort of addiction cycle that can happen. And it's a great time to talk about time limits, not necessarily in the moment, but before and after. Also, as a parent, when children are this young, you have to have exact knowledge of whatever games are on their devices, what websites they are going to. You have to set the limits that you may not download anything without my presence. Any website you visit, I need to be aware of. These all help set the stage for digital citizenship. Helps children be mindful and thoughtful about what they're doing and it helps you as a parent help them understand what's appropriate and not. Certainly. I mean, think about when I would always recommend parents read books that their children are reading. I do the same thing. Play that game yourself. Go on that website yourself. YouTube is a great example. There's so much uncontrolled content on there. There's plenty of videos on YouTube that are designed to get children to watch more and more and more. And at the same time they're doing that, they're getting exposed to a lot of things that aren't controlled by anyone. And also, what about that show can have a dialogue between parent and child? Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how a character handled a situation? And sometimes you come across videos or shows where something is represented in a way that is not appropriate, and that's a great segue to have a conversation with your child. Did you notice how that woman was represented in that video you came across? Let's talk about that. And that's sometimes a very safe way of opening conversation about very important topics. If you find yourself, as we know many parents do, in a situation where you are using technology somewhat as a babysitter or something to keep your child busy, just a few simple open-ended questions, whether you're thinking about prediction, like what will happen next, tell me why you liked it so much, what was the main point, to get your child to think critically about something that is a passive consumption activity, you can turn it into a more successful, more valuable experience just with the simple questions, just by inviting your child to think deeper about what they're consuming. There are many fabulous things about technology and one of the greatest probably is that it can bring people close together who are very far in distance. So for all ages, using an iPhone or an iPad to FaceTime grandparents or relatives who live far away and have that person-to-person conversation is really a great use of the tool. And the idea of recording family times, children are really 
inherently skilled at taking pictures and photographs and they often capture a perspective that we as adults don't. So that is another way that children can have meaningful interaction. They can be the recorders of the family reunion. Children very young, three and four, are really wonderful photo takers. Yeah, the perspective they have is so different. You can ask them to reflect on their photos or compare and contrast. So really parents just think about the tools you use and the ways you use your technology, no matter what it is, and think about the foundational skills and thinking a child would need to start using those, and they can do the same. And that's where technology can be a real advantage. So when it comes down to it, there is a healthy place for technology in our children's lives. We just need to make sure that we're actually teaching them to use it in a meaningful, real-world way. And well, maybe that means even rethinking our own tech habits. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us and find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love and rediscover parenting as the joy it was meant to be.